Guys 5 Movies. This is your co-host, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pellicone. You are listening to episode 43 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was something to do with mountains. So, Frank, um, what did you find for us uh, that has to do with mountains? I found a lot of stuff. I ended up watching two movies, so the first movie is the Chagrin movie, um, and it really is kind of like the quintessential Spin Chagrin um, film and we'll we'll get to that and then the second one is actually a recommendation movie that i have um that i think you'll actually enjoy quite a bit Hmm. so i held off on telling you about it until we had the chance to talk um during this episode so okay um we'll start with the the movie that gave me some chagrin and then we'll get to a movie that i genuinely enjoyed okay um so our first movie this evening is 1977's whiskey mountain which is a it's listed as an exploitation horror film but it's not really a horror film it's like a action survival drama maybe okay even that's maybe being a little too generous because not anyway so the late 70s are a weird time because people are really into like there's a bunch of shit that's like very divergent that people are into in this country. Um, and this movie is definitely just trying to like play off of a bunch of different stuff that was kind of popular around this time or before this time. And they just sort of maybe just got around to making it in 1977. Um, and we'll get to those elements too. I don't want to, don't want to sell myself short, you know, by, by spoiling too much. Okay. Um, so the plot is there's these it, it, it's very similar kind of to the way that um uh race with the devil starts where there's these two couples that are into um, motocross the guys are like motocross racers and the two women are you know there to support their their husbands or mm-hmm. boyfriends whatever the fuck they are so the opening scenes of this movie are these guys riding on dirt bikes like in a motocross race and they get in an accident with each other and you think at first that like they're enemies but then it turns out that they're friends with each other and they start joking around and then their wives come in and they're like oh boys boys will be boys um so they're gonna go on this road trip together and they set up this plot where there's an older couple and a younger couple and the older couple the wife her grandfather has recently passed away and has left in his will to her a map to this ancestral property in they say it's Georgia but then they say it's North Carolina so I'm not exactly sure where it takes place but it's somewhere in the south where there's this cache of Civil War era muskets that their family was part of this like rebel um i don't know what you even call them like offshoots from the the confederacy like these rebels that had sort of like had this militia in the mountains and had hidden this cache of these muskets so they could eventually like you know whatever i guess like start a revolution or something but it never happened okay so they go to this arms dealer in this town and he has one of these muskets for sale and he reveals that the muskets worth 
so there's apparently like a hundred of these muskets so like oh shit we're gonna be rich right so they drive to whatever state it happens to be in and they're looking for whiskey mountain so they stop at this little like deliverance-esque like roadside tavern kind of thing and the two guys and the one older girlfriend go inside and they're being assholes because of course you know they're the the city folk the foreigners and they're like kind of in impinging on the good nature of these laid-back country folk and being assholes about things and making fun of them and so there's a group of like hillbillies in there and one of the hillbillies starts talking to the dudes and the other three go outside and start sexually harassing the woman in the car so when i was reading the description of this movie it says like backwoods degenerates or something like that so i was thinking you know i'm gonna get some deliverance shit right you know a couple years after deliverance but that's what they're playing off of so they they sort of set that tone Mm -hmm. um so the men come out and run them off and and they're asking like hey where's whiskey mountain and the one guy's like whiskey mountain that's just a local myth like there's no such thing as whiskey mountain you guys should just stay at a hotel around here and like go back because you know no good can come from like digging around up in them hills or whatever Hmm. so of course being the fucking elitist shitheads they don't listen sure um this is actually a trend over the past week so we did orion's our our friend orion wellmaker on the recent like episode of the main podcast was um his favorite b movies or whatever right Mm -hmm. and then a lot of those movies have really unlikable protagonists or at least unlikable main characters like people that really just rub you the wrong way so that's what's happening here like these people are crass they don't treat their women very well um I don't know. So anyway, so they go up to the mountain and they ride up and they have uh, like a celebrity like station wagon and it's pulling a trailer with their four dirt bikes on it. So they get to this place and they're like, oh, let's get off the road here and we'll we'll, we'll camp for the night. We'll look for Whiskey Mountain. Mm-hmm. So they go and they camp and they just are in the middle of like this marsh kind of for whatever reason. Like that's where they decide to camp. Okay. So I really think, like, I really thought at this point it was definitely going to be some deliverance shit. So right. they're sitting there and they're camping out, and they they cut to the shot of this dude who doesn't look like any of the dudes that was with the original dudes because that's what I was expecting is for those guys to like follow him, right? But there's just this lone dude like watching them from the woods, and honestly, there's a couple of effective shots, you know, to this extent where they show this like guy wearing these sunglasses like peeking out behind bushes at him and stuff. <laughs> so the next morning they wake up and there's this raging inferno around them. like everything's on fire so they take the dirt bikes and they walk out into the middle of the marsh so they're surrounded by water and they basically just wait for the fire to die which it does eventually and they're like oh well what caused this to happen and i don't know maybe it was natural occurrence or maybe it was our um our campfire caused this to happen but you know what like it was obviously somebody you know fucking with them that caused it to happen but they're idiots and they're still like entranced with this idea of finding you know whatever two million dollars worth of like rifles or whatever out in the um or two hundred thousand dollars worth of rifles like out in the the wilderness 
so they get their dirt bikes and they're like oh we're gonna soldier on so okay they, so the dirt bikes do make another appearance okay yeah yeah no they, they they don't lose the dirt bikes they they keep a hold of them okay so they go and they drive and they find this other place and they get to this place where there's a river and the river leads over to the mountain and they're looking on the map like oh this looks just like what's on grandpa's grandpa's map hmm. so there's this fucking it, it's like basically like temple of doom at this point but i mean obviously in 10 oh, years so it, it looks like grandpa's map so it's like is this an actual map or is this no like no, no. A... grandpa like hand drew this with his palsy <clears throat> fucking pause as he was like dying or something it's so like is this like map. a sketch of what it actually looks like like a, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, skyrim like... treasure map or something like that like... Uh, yeah maybe more like a sly cooper treasure map okay um so they find this rope pulley bridge across the river, which is like a raft that's on pulleys. So they're like, oh, I got to take the dirt bikes across to the other side. So they start trying to like cross the river on this thing. And the one girlfriend is like, I can't swim. And this is a bad idea. And her boyfriend's like, you just need to mellow out and learn to have a good time. And we're going to get this treasure. And she's like, you don't ever listen to me. And he's like, basically, you're a stupid bitch. Now get on this raft. So they get on the raft and they're pulling themselves across. And he's not even like really pulling. Like she's doing all the work. And the guy on the other side is like, Bill, you got to pull the fucking rope. And he's like, nah. So they're about halfway across the river. And all of a sudden, sunglass dude comes out with a knife. And nobody sees them, even though there's like no bushes or like obstructions. Mm -hmm. But they, they illustrate that he's hiding by only letting you see his hand like come into the frame and like cut the rope he doesn't even cut the rope he just touches the rope with the knife and every time he touches the rope with the knife another like like twine of like the band like breaks off mm -hmm. and then finally the whole thing breaks so now they're floating like so bill falls into the river and the girl who can't swim dives in after him and immediately yells i can't swim and I don't remember. They, they eventually like make it to the other side, but they've lost one of the dirt bikes goes like down the um, rapids, like down to the waterfall and it's gone. So now they only have three dirt bikes. So they get on the three dirt bikes and they're like, we should probably go back. And they're like, no, we can't go back now. We're so close to the treasure that we don't even know if it really exists. So then they get on the dirt bikes and they're riding and they find this cabin and there's an old man in the cabin and he's crazy. And he's like, oh, Whiskey Mountain, you done found it. This is Whiskey Mountain. He, he, he. And so they're like, this guy is crazy. And he obviously is crazy because he's mm -hmm. like got no teeth and living in like squalor on the side of a, like this holler on the top of this mountain or whatever. But they keep going anyway. And they find this cave. And it's the cave is underneath the waterfall. And it matches exactly what the grandfather drew. And they're like, we found Whiskey Mountain. We found our treasure. And then you hear this voice out of nowhere being like, congratulations, now put your hands up. And it's the leader of the fucking hillbillies from before. Oh, okay. How far Except, are we into this movie? Oh, Jesus. It's like 95 minutes long. So we're probably 40, 45 minutes in at this point. <clears throat> okay. All right. A lot of time spent watching people ride on dirt bikes through the woods. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Right. It's, it's pretty boring. Well, that's a, that's what I'm wondering because I can I can tell by your tone of voice that like right now like you, you're not really like you're not happy necessarily with this movie, but it's like I'm actually like kind of intrigued about where this is going because I can't necessarily guess it. 
Like, well, it gets it gets it gets worse and weird. Okay. Um. So I'm thinking that this is a time where like they run afoul of like the hills have eyes esque like residents of this mountain who are the descendants of these. Whatever. I thought it was going to be some kind of like there's these people who have been like inbred for you know a hundred right, part of the militia years, or whatever right that are yeah. still living there like defending mm. this whatever sure but it's not these dudes are growing marijuana on the mountain where nobody can see them and they were trying to scare them off earlier um but it didn't work so now they're like well, what the fuck like we got all this weed in these garbage bags that we're gonna take to sell and we can't have you like diamond us out and the dudes are like, we don't care about your weed. We're just looking for the muskets. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, muskets? Hmm. So they tie the two dudes up in the cave. And they take the two girls to this cabin, like, further down the mountain. So then it gets all rapey. But mm-hmm. the main dude is like, all right, I got to go into town and do some stuff. You guys stay here and watch these girls. You know, don't let them go anywhere and don't do anything with them. Just leave them be like, we don't want to risk like all this money we're going to earn from this weed by you guys fucking it up. So, of course, the three dudes that are left behind rape the women, Mm. but they don't show the rape. What they do is the one guy has a Polaroid camera. So they have this really weird effect. And this goes on for, I swear to God, like three minutes where they show an image, like a picture of a Polaroid. And they put a still from what I guess they filmed like this really long rape sequence for this movie and then okay. realized that it was probably too disgusting to actually put on film where they mm-hmm. probably would like not be able to release it. So they just take stills from these men like raping these women and turn them into Polaroid pictures. Mm. But the thing is, they don't show any nudity or actual sex acts. It's just the women looking really uncomfortable and the fully clothed men like holding their hands up in the air like victorious and like putting their arms around them and stuff so this goes on for a really long time and they have it's it's counterbalanced by a soundtrack of women going like no no and men going hee hee come on come on it's my turn and that goes on forever so the next morning i mean that not um, only sounds disgusting it also sounds terrible like from a filmmaking standpoint it's 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 real fucking tedious all right um so the next morning the older woman is sitting there with a look of like shell shock on her face and the younger woman is just like disgusted like being like cradled by the one guy's arm so the leader comes back and he's like what the fuck did you do i told you not to like do anything with them you know you're you're risking everything um go dig the two graves and get out of here and then he tells the women like get dressed i'm not going to do anything to you we don't want to hurt you even though we just said like go dig two graves but whatever right because they're supposed to be stupid or whatever and he's like i'm just going to lock you in here and leave you and then we'll come back and get you when we're done delivering the drugs so in the meantime the crazy old man from the cabin goes and finds the two dudes like tied up in the cave and he cuts them loose and he's like go on get out of here and so the guys um go back to town like they make it into town okay and they go to the sheriff and the sheriff is like cable ben steel or um the guy (laughs) from squirm like you know he's like oh right yeah i don't think you guys know what you're talking about Mm. there's no um 
kidnapping that happened here and there's no uh marijuana whiskey mountain doesn't even exist it's it's local bullshit it's bullshit um so he he basically says like we're not going to go investigate your missing wives even though you're very adamant that they've been kidnapped and you know where they are Mm -hmm. you should just probably just go back to town or go back to the city and forget about anything that ever happened and then one guy's like my wife is kidnapped by these crazy drug runners and he's like nah that didn't happen just get out of here so he's like fuck with and he says they're walking he's like and don't you think about none of that law on your own hand shit just get on home so they go down so, to the so local so they're going to just take the law in their own hands <laughs> yes it was right. very it was very um subtle foreshadowing. Right. so they go down to the local like general store and they buy two shotguns and a buck knife and the sheriff like calls the um store owner on the phone he's like hey you got two city boys in there. Are they trying to buy guns? And the guy's like, yeah, they are. And he's like, don't you sell them no guns. Like, make up some stuff about um how it's, like, against the law or whatever to sell guns to outsiders. And just, just shoo them on. Get them out of there. So they kind of, the guy gets off the phone and he's like, boys, I'm sorry. I just remembered it's illegal for me to sell guns if you're not a resident of this county because you don't have a permit. And so the older man like takes the shotgun that he's already loaded and points at him. And he's like, just get down on the floor and nothing will happen to you. So he takes out money and he puts it down. He's like, that's $300 that covers the guns and the knife. And they leave having like not really stolen these guns, but basically stolen these guns. And when they walk outside, they see this truck and they're, they're like, there's one of them. There's one of them drug runners now. And they proceed to shoot the truck, which causes the truck to flip over and explode with their shotguns. Mm-hmm. So they've committed murder in the middle of this town. So here's where the, the movie really like starts to have problems. And it's already been bad up to this point. Mm-hmm. They don't establish whether or not the sheriff is corrupt and in league with the drug runners, which is what I think is the truth. Okay. Or if he's just genuinely so distrustful of outsiders and he thinks these guys are like trying to fuck with him. But regardless, either way, they've now committed murder in his town. Right. And larceny because they've stolen and they've run away from it. So they're already like, they're either in trouble because the law is on side with the bad guys or they're in trouble because they've committed several crimes themselves. Mm hmm. But they go back up to Whiskey Mountain. Oh, I forgot. All right, I forgot a whole part that's ridiculous. So they get their motorcycles back at one point, two of their bikes, and they're riding down to Whiskey Mountain. And as they're riding away, the bad guys shoot a bridge, and the bridge explodes. Because they had, like, the bridge was rigged with dynamite or something. Okay. So the one, the younger good guy is on the far side of the bridge. Like, he's already made it across. The older guy gets on his motorcycle and drives back and forth a couple of times to build up speed, like he's in like Super Mario Brothers or something, mm-hmm. and then ramps the friggin' like broken bridge perfectly to land on the other side, mm-hmm. of which they like high five and holler at each other while the bad guys <laughs> are shooting at them. Mm-hmm. So that's when they go to town, blah, blah, blah. So they come back and they're climbing up to the bad guys like hideout or whatever, and they get in a gunfight with the bad guys and the old man um thinks that they're like attacking him so he shoots the younger guy and kills him so then the older guy shoots and kills the old man so now the old man's dead 
so they've murdered one of the two one of the bad guys in town at this point another one of the bad guys on the mountain and this old man Mm -hmm. so now the older guy is like well i'm gonna go get i'm gonna go get the women back so he mounts an assault on their hideout and basically even though he gets shot like twice he ends up taking all of them out Mm. so it's the most like this is an actor who's never held a gun before (laughs) because he holds a shotgun like kind of at his hip and pointed straight out okay like he's shooting at like a pistol but with the stock like right parallel to his body uh-huh. And if it was actually shooting anything, it would like break his fucking wrist like every time he pulled the trigger. Right. But he's like a marksman because he's shooting from the hip like that and just hitting all the bad guys. <laughs> so he ends up killing all of them except for the main bad guy. And the main bad guy tries to get away. But then he realizes there's nowhere to go. And so as he's coming back, this dude shoots this guy. Okay. So then he goes to the cabin where the women have barricaded themselves. And he's like, guys, it's Dan. It's, I'm here to save you. So he gets them out, and they're like, oh, we're so glad. And then the younger one, like, where's Bill? And he, like, turns his head away, and he won't say anything. And she's like, where's Bill? So, of course, Bill's dead. Mm-hmm. So finally, they're like, all right, we got to get off this mountain. Let's go. So they're going down, and they leave the house, and they're walking down towards, like, this river, because I guess maybe they're going to follow the river down to the road or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you hear this helicopter, and they're like, oh, thank God, we're saved. But then it the like zooms in on the helicopter and it's the sheriff and the sheriff's got like a sniper rifle and he's aiming down the barrel at him and it's freeze frame and a movie so you still don't even know at the end is the sheriff just up there after him because they committed several crimes in his town and he's going to take him out or did the sheriff know exactly where to go because he was in league with the drug runners right and was like their front and is just there to take them out so they can't go and like basically give up the location of you know like whatever several 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 kilos of marijuana Hmm. um the soundtrack is ridiculous um i meant to go back and watch the beginning of this movie because there's a song that was specifically written for whiskey mountain called whiskey mountain that's about whiskey mountain Mm -hmm. and how you're never going to find what you're looking for on whiskey mountain Uh um and is this by charlie daniels uh i don't know it says music by charlie daniels on wikipedia oh well that's possible then. Uh, let me see if MDib. Oh, yeah, Whiskey Mountain by Charlie Daniels. Mm. So if you look up the song Whiskey Mountain by Charlie Daniels, let's, um, let's read these lyrics. It's a f- always a fun time when we're. Uh, I've packed my bags, never coming back. Got this old guitar and a bottle of Jack. I've got no plans, but I've got no regrets. So line them up, bartender. Ain't even started yet. It's a long way up, old Whiskey Mountain, and it's an even longer fall. I hope I make it up, old Whiskey Mountain, before its last call. Actually, so this is a good song about like being a drunk. Right. I'm down. This has nothing to do with um, sheriffs with sniper rifles and marijuana growers under the waterfall. Oh, no, this isn't the right song. That's just whiskey, right? Because I, I have here on YouTube, there's a song called Whiskey that Charlie's Banyol Stand does, and then there's Whiskey Mountain. Um, It doesn't matter. If you're really interested, watch the opening 
15 minutes of oh no this is this it i'm not seeing the whiskey mountain lyrics i mean they reference whiskey mountain in the opening of this song or the opening right. of this yeah. it's not even the opening of this movie because they have to establish that these guys are good fun time having um motorbike riders sure you know just some good old boys never mean and no harm um before that was a thing so this movie's not a good movie here's the things that i actually enjoyed about it though because i'll give it i'll 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 damn it with some faint praise Mm -hmm. the first thing the movie looks fucking beautiful like for being this low budget shit movie with nobody really in it i mean there's the the actors like you've seen in other stuff especially the main bad guy Um, in the yeah what's his name um christopher george yeah christopher george yeah for those of you keeping count this is the third appearance on any podcast of ours of christopher george because he was in city of the living dead um and then he was also in uh, pieces yeah and pieces was directed by this dude too i think Mm, i don't think so I don't recognize any of the movies. I was actually going to ask you about this director. Like, because it looks like uh, some 60s horror movies, maybe. And then. Oh, no. There's. Yeah. It's. It was definitely just him that was a connection. Then a movie pieces. called Impulse with um, Shatner in 74. Yeah. I don't know if I know that movie. It doesn't matter. Um, The movie looks fantastic. Like, the cinematography of the mountain. Um, in particular, like they do a lot of long shots, so I guess they that was what the helicopter was for was to film them from like far away as they're like walking down the trails and stuff. Um, really well filmed. Uh, the thing is, is that I my guess is that this transfer is off of like an old original copy of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but not like the master copy. I think it's off of just like a whatever, like an actual like real to real version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a decent amount of like film damage in certain points where you can tell that like the film was repaired, um, where it loses like color saturation sometimes, or you can see like the pops from where it was spliced back together. Mm. So I actually thought that was really interesting that it's like nobody cared enough about this movie to even bother to try and like preserve it at all it was just like found by somebody and like thrown right. up on Tubi. Mm-hmm. um my guess is that the that this film is inspired by a couple of things and number one i think that the basic ins- inspiration for it is deliverance mm-hmm. just because of the way it's set up and you know it's the outsiders that are like trying to have their good old time like on you know the mountain and running afoul of like the local folk sure um i also think there's a pretty big inspiration from evil knievel here because mm. of like the stunt bi- stunt bike riding sure um and evil knievel was pretty popular in the mid to late 70s like mm-hmm. he actually got um more popular i guess as the 70s went on because he was doing like a series of increasingly dangerous stunts right and i remember that um uh i remember that a- evil knievel was pretty popular when i was young like three or four years old like people had those um i can't remember what the toy was called but it was a bike that you put on like this um base and then you like revved up the base and it made the wheel spin and then you hit a button and it shot the bike out 
I never had that, but I remember it. Yep. You were supposed to do like like um tricks with it and stuff. Yeah, by the mid eighties, like when we when we were like you know, young still, like his name still rang out. Like like people knew. Right. Even in been. even into like the the nineties, I think he was yeah. still like doing stunts and stuff. And he sure. actually held a lot of records in terms of um jumping over things that stood for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mostly because, like, who fucking cares about that? (laughs) But also, that's the era of Ghost Rider and, I don't know, like, just the fascination with, you know, Convoy and stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. people, like, leaving the city and going on the open road and um, basically, like, leaving city life behind. And you you see that a lot because it happens in... The Stepford Wives has that as, you know, the central plot. And then there's the um again stuff like deliverance um i think race with the devil is another good example of where the same like the basic genesis of that storyline sort of is in place um and i also think there's some reaction to the growing like moral majority dislike of like drugs and recreational drug use Mm -hmm. which would eventually lead to um you know the reagan era and the nancy yeah. reagan's dare and war on drugs and all that stuff um i think that's actually kind of starting here because you're moving towards the end of the 70s and getting away from the whole like fascination with like recreational drug use that a lot of people had mm-hmm. um so making the bad guys instead of just being like these um inbred whatever bumpkins they're actually like secret drug runners that have no accents and aren't really from the area and are really just trying to uh yeah you know like use this local legend to hide their drug running operation so and really funny that it's like i mean like christ we're getting close to 50 years now right um but from this movie but uh the idea that it's marijuana rather than something else in the 70s um i mean well shit. that's the thing is in because 2022 can... like the governor of north carolina is like actively promoting like legalization i think right now so it's because they're they're on the mountain you know what i mean like right, this is sure. where they can grow the weed um and actually it, it's it's funny because i i wondered at one point when i was watching it if um the makers of justified had mm. seen this movie hmm. because there's a lot of elements of it that i think are kind of similar to um that that that, that season that takes place in the holler right um this is obviously much much worse than that but still it was kind of an interesting comparison so mm-hmm. it's a bunch of things that just aren't that interesting and they don't meld together into a good movie with some unlikable characters and some really bad choices in terms of the plot and the direction and really the only thing that's going for it is um the way it looks because it looks really nice mm-hmm. um if you like scenic views of mountains like you probably could just turn the sound down on this movie and just let it go mm. Just don't pay attention to the three-minute Polaroid rape scene, uh, which is awkward. Right. Um, but yeah, performances are not good. Plot lines not good. Um, all over the place in terms of what it wants to be, and it never actually succeeds in any of it. And honestly, because it spends way too much time establishing how much fun these people have as like a couples, even though like they're all assholes to each other, instead of like building up the idea of kind of like trying to like set it as a horror movie almost which would have been much more interesting and then you flip the tables and find out that they're 
drug runners and they don't really have any interest in like hurting these people they just want them to go away which is what they kind of try and portray but then the first second they have like yeah we're gonna have to kill you so hmm. so yeah whiskey mountain fuck it <laughs> <laughs> right um it doesn't sound like it was like the most chagrin though watching it right it's I mean, like a seven i don't know i oh, mean okay. it, it definitely was not worth my time mm-hmm. i would never recommend it to anyone um yeah. But it's also not the worst thing that I've ever seen. And so again, it's to me, it's like it's the ultimate chagrin because it's not so terrible that I was like actively loathing my experience. Mm-hmm. But I was restless and I was like, man, is this fucking movie gonna end? And it's 95 minutes long, so it gets every bit of your life out of you before it's mercifully over. Sure. And it's from what are 77, so like that 95 minutes is like a full 95 minutes, like because that those credits are probably only like what 45 seconds or something oh i don't watch the credits so <laughs> i don't care about no fucking credits mm. so you seriously don't like at the end of like a movie like like when you're getting ready to like stop it or whatever like see how much time is left for the running of the credits no i don't care it, the the movie's all I need to see. I, maybe maybe I, I'm just obsessed with like runtime so much that I'm always checking to see how long. Cre- that's maybe that's why I can always guess how long the credits are going to be depending on the error of movie. I will. I don't watch. The only time I'll ever. I like, never watch, watch the credits. credits. I always see though how much how much time the credits take though. I cannot reach the remote fast enough to hit the stop button to get out of whatever I'm watching, and always for these spin chagrins. Like I got to uh-huh. move on to something else. So. Got to go and um, got to just got got to keep going forward, man. Got to keep moving like a shark. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So what what's this other movie that like apparently is not as chagrin worthy? So I almost made this the main movie because I really enjoyed it, but I don't want to talk about it too much because I think it's got a pretty good twist to it. So I think it's like worth talking about in terms of just a general recommendation mm-hmm. but not getting like too much into the details of it so i didn't really want to spoil it okay so the movie is 2017's wind river where's that up um it's on tubi okay it is a neo-noir movie set mm-hmm. in um wyoming okay. uh starring uh jeremy renner elizabeth olsen um with a uh, cameo appearance by john bernthal so it's basically um you know marvel universe movie without any of the marvel universe trappings right um so the basic premise is that jeremy renner is a um fielding game warden in wyoming that works um in and around this native american reservation hold on i gotta look up what the native american tribe is uh it's the wind river indian reservation fuck i want to say it's like the um m m mfo or something indians so anyway renner's you find out that renner was married to um one of the native american women they had two kids together but the daughter was murdered um or killed under mysterious circumstances that may or may not have been murder um and it sort of caused the disillusion of their uh, marriage to each other Mm -hmm. 
Um, but they still are cordial with each other. And Renner is trying to be like a good father to his son. He has like an eight year old son. Um, so he gets called by his father-in-law, his ex-father-in-law, that they think a mountain lion has killed some of their um, cattle or something, I think. Anyway, I, I don't remember that part. Um, so he goes out because that's his job is basically to hunt down like predators in this area that prey on like the livestock and like kill them. So wolves, mountain lions, that kind of thing. <laughs> so while he's out investigating this mountain lion, he finds the naked and raped body of a 18-year-old girl who he recognizes as his friend's daughter and this starts this investigation so yeah. elizabeth olsen plays an fbi agent that's called in to do the investigation um because the fbi doesn't want to devote a lot of like resources so she's kind of a rookie fbi agent um and then it starts this investigation into uh this woman's death which is initially not ruled a homicide because she died from this thing that's apparently real which is that if you're in sub-zero temperatures for too long and you exert your lungs too hard mm -hmm. that your lungs can fill like the, the whole like the empty space in your lungs fills with ice crystals mm -hmm. and it basically makes your lungs explode inside your chest and kills you um so she had like no shoes on so she ran for all this distance in the snow and she got frostbite and her lungs exploded and then she died mm -hmm. um so then it becomes this really interesting look not only at the procedural process of them kind of trying to uncover what happened to this girl but also sort of the uh kind of nonchalant attitude that the u.s government has towards the murder of indigenous people on reservations in the sense that they don't really give it much credence and they don't really care um as long as it's not like an american citizen being killed on american land that they just kind of let it go mm -hmm. so there's a lot of really cool stuff with the way that number one renner and olsen are fucking fantastic in it like they have really good chemistry without that chemistry being forced like there's not like some kind of sexual relationship that's forced on them it's just like natural and maybe it's because they had worked together so much before um all the other um secondary actors are really fantastic in it um the setting is unique because we don't there's not much set in like that kind of environment sure so the stuff with like the snow and the chain like the quickly changing you know from blizzard to clear like is all real cool and mm -hmm. um just seeing like the lives of these people on the reservation and showing like the devastation of drugs on the reservation and everything like that's all really well done and it leads to an actual pretty interesting story that plays out um sort of unexpectedly like it's not what you thought it was going to be mm. um they they do a really good job of sort of leading a couple of red herrings um in it um and then it has a really satisfying like probably one of the more satisfying endings to a noir um that i've seen in a really long time i mean i i think you'll be really impressed with the way that they they wrap this movie up it's it's really a, a powerful ending um yeah. and not like cloying or like saccharine or anything like it's it, it's a powerful message and it's satisfying without being like overwrought or anything like that Nice. I um I went um, ahead and added on to be um do you know Taylor Taylor Sheridan? Do you know? Do you yeah, know? I I'm I'm familiar with uh I mean I've never watched like Yellowstone, mm -hmm. um but I know that he did um he wrote Sicaro. Yeah. Um and and I Hell or High Water's gotten a lot of um good reviews that I've never like watched it um yeah yet, but um I've heard good things about that and um you actually know him as an actor too um oh yeah because he was in veronica mars right yep 
Yeah. Yeah. You remember the Irish like uh-huh. brothers and shit? Yeah. I never watched his Sons of Anarchy. I know he was in that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess that he was really impressed with Bernathal and Sicaro, which is why hmm. um, he's cast in this movie. Um, yep. Completely different role, but still, and it, it's a very brief performance, but it's a really good performance. Yeah. The interesting thing is this movie was released apparently right at the height of the sexual abuse allegations against Weinstein. Mm. Um, so Miramax like basically lost the rights to it. Um, it got really good reviews and like it grossed forty five million. I just have no recollection of this movie. I had never heard of this movie. Yeah. Um, and this is again like when we were going to see movies, so you would think that we would have at least seen a trailer for it or something. Um, but I never heard anything from it. But I would tell you that it's like it's not a perfect movie, but it's entertaining. It's tense with really great performances and it's definitely worth watching through to the end Hmm. um because again just a very satisfying uh very satisfying conclusion to it so nice yeah i'll check it out then um and it takes place all on a mountain so it also (laughs) right uh also fits and there's some really great shots of mountains much better Hmm. than whiskey mountain which is all about being on a mountain all right is there any uh dirt biking though or like there's daredevil, daredevil there's, acts there's snowmobiling oh okay and some very dangerous snowmobiling but because they explain that if you don't drive a snowmobile like that in that kind of snow that you'll just like end up in a ditch and die um which i believe is probably yeah. true sure so yeah so i mean definitely worth watching and readily available on tubi yeah, I'll definitely watch it. Um, I actually found a few movies on Tubi um, that I'll talk about. I have them saved, and I've I, I watched one, and I'm going to watch another one um, tomorrow night, I think. Okay. Um, but basically, like, they don't 100% fit into any specific like episode that we would have here. I don't think, but mm-hmm. it's something that I feel like we could talk about again in the future, just to kind of, um you know they kind of fill out a spin grand episode or something or maybe yeah. it'll end up on a a fresh five at some point too that's entirely sure. possible <clears throat> oh gil burningham is in that too he he likes that guy um he probably plays like somebody on the reservation as my guess in wind river but he has a big role in uh yellowstone and he shows up in a lot of things involving sheridan um I really like that guy, Birmingham. Um, <clears throat> so, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Terrifier too? Sure, real quick. It's never going to end up on any other list except for maybe mildly disappointing sequels. I don't mm. know. Did you um, watch it? I did. Yeah, I watched it last okay. night. Yep. Um, so I'm gonna I'll I'll give my opinion on it without yeah. like talking too much about the actual plot of the movie or what sure. happens in it. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to have to talk about some of that just because yeah. that's one of my biggest complaints. Um, I love the first Terrifier movie. I think the Terrifier is one of the most perfect, like pure slasher movies ever because it gives you enough mystery and it has some really good tense, like stalking scenes in it mm-hmm. with a very memorable lead character in Art the Clown. Mm-hmm. um and i think the clown horror is lame for, for the most part 
Um, I don't really find much to it. Like, I think it's very cheap, and I don't really find clowns scary. And I don't believe anybody that thinks clowns are scary, just so you know. So if you ever tell me that you think clowns are scary, I think you're just full of shit and trying to get attention. That is a long-standing um, opinion, Frank has had, too. So anyway, so for art to be actually, like, an effective and scary clown, like, it's 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 an impressive feat. And it really is a testament to the guy that plays that character um, because he does a great job with his mannerisms and the way he contorts his body and the way that he makes faces and things like that. It's a very, um, very memorable uh, performance. Um, And the movie's brisk and it it keeps your attention and then it's just over and that's it. So this movie is not brisk um, and has way too much going on with trying to add almost like a Michael Myers cult of the thorn-esque like mythology to art the clown where it's like like there's some mystical force behind keeping him alive and it's tied to like halloween and i hate that shit really like i don't mind you hate that plot element you mean i don't mind a movie building its own mythology like i think that's a really Mm -hmm. cool thing but don't go retcon something even if it was your original intention, you had nothing about it in the original movie. So this is all just like extra shit. And they're trying, they build this idea that again, and this isn't really said anywhere. It's just like implied a couple of times. And then I guess talked around a little bit. Um, the two protagonists of the movie, if you can call them that, are this brother and sister whose father killed himself because he started having visions of art, the clown. And knew the way that you could like defeat him or whatever i don't know that fucking plot line um so his daughter has sort of like his daughter and son have sort of like taken this in this inspiration from him like this morbid inspiration and have basically fashioned themselves unknowingly into like the ultimate warriors to defeat like the evil of art the clown so number one i already hate that story um and then they try and build Art the Clown without like ever having any dialogue, which is really bold that you're introducing a character that's got so much ostensible backstory without ever letting that character talk. And they also do it by introducing this other character who's like a little, like a creepy little girl clown who is, I guess, the representation of the actual like demon or spirit or whatever that's keeping Art alive um seems like that because the only person the only people that can see this girl are art and the two protagonists can see her because they're all connected through whatever this mystical prophecy shit so without spoiling too much you know art comes back on halloween a year after he was killed and starts murdering people again and this girl is at a halloween party and art comes and murders her mom and then her and her friends like get a call from her brother because he's at this amusement park and it's really art or it's 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 the little demon girl like enticing him there and then there's this really it's i i i don't know how long the sequence is and you like to time shit so you might know but from when they enter the amusement park until the end of that whole sequence which basically goes into the credits mm-hmm. i swear to god that shit's got to be like 35 minutes long no oh, it's yeah i would estimate about 30 minutes yeah yeah. And it's a really long scene for nothing to happen, really. 
just like the constant like oh is he gonna get him no let's get away honestly like, oh. i mean i know you have problems with the plot that's my biggest problem with the movie probably is that, that like uh, yeah is that sequence like there's things i like in it at times but it's like if you cut it down it could be a hell of a lot more tense it, like it loses all this tension to me by having it go on for so long right um and because and- like like ultimately art is supposed to be this freddy krueger jason voorhees-esque like killing force uh-huh. that or michael myers is maybe another way yeah where he can take all kinds of damage you think you've beaten him but he can get right back up sure he can inflict like lethal wounds very easily with almost like any implement or whatever right and that's including fine. his own hands he has like superhuman strength as well right like, and that's yeah. fine in the first terrifier because mm-hmm. you're never given any reason for that to be the case which i like like i like you know jason Voorhees is just this like unstoppable like <clears throat> elemental force that's tied to this one area and he just murders anyone that's in this area <clears throat> mm-hmm. and jason Voorhees becomes ridiculous when he's on a boat in manhattan flying out the space and i like the space movie but it still is ridiculous mm-hmm. michael myers is a human that's got like these this really high threshold for pain and is very difficult to kill that's fine until he becomes like an elemental force of halloween the only one that's really acceptable is freddy because from the beginning freddy is a supernatural force with near godlike powers within the realm of dreams and because it's all in the realm of dreams you can do anything and it's fine because there's a suspension of disbelief because dreams are crazy right Mm -hmm. but if you're going to base somebody as like a ground-based tangible creature of like flesh and blood then there has to be some mystery to it or else it just becomes silly and they make it silly like it's too much it's also like it's just too long and there's subplots that don't matter in the movie that they build way too much for no reason like i understand like why he introduces a subplot of the father being like having this mystical connection to art and like basically inspiring his daughter to build this costume which is like the way that she gains power that she gets to fight this guy and like ultimately beat him but it's way too much to build into that you know and I think the thing is he realized that he kind of written himself into a corner in the first one because they've explained nothing. And now because he has this idea in his head of what the explanation is, he has to explain too much. Mm. Um, I thought there were some good scenes in it. I never found myself to be as grossed out as people said this movie made him. Like I've Agreed. read that people have like yeah. walked out of showings of this. Fainted, and, like, passed dis- out. Yeah, yeah, disgust and stuff. The only uh-huh. thing that I thought was really borderline uncomfortable where i almost turned my head away was there's a scene where he's like brutally murdering this girl yes and he breaks her arm off at the elbow Mm -hmm. and it's him like wiggling the arm back and forth to like break the tendon to like rip the arm off yeah the sound and the visual is really almost like obscene Mm -hmm. but it's also like this dude sitting there like laughing at you and smiling so again it sort of like pushes you out of the I don't know it just it 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 feels like a cartoon so it's never there's never a threat to it like in terms of your internal like fight or flight because it's just always kind of goofy you know yeah 
But yeah. the special, the practical effects are fantastic. Yes. It's very visually impressive. Mm-hmm. Again, the dude that plays art is just on point constantly. Like the faces he makes, his body contortions, his movements from like standing still to like quickly moving in like an exaggerated, almost slow motion fashion that have this really otherworldly feel to him. Like all that stuff is fantastic. I like, I love, I love the look of the little girl too. Like I found. See, to me to me that's the shit about clowns that i think is stupid like i don't find that scary at all i think that's just it's just too much it's like little kids being scary that's kind of passe clowns being scary is passe and shoving those two things together meh. yeah it ain't for me yeah i liked it overall i i i was i was really happy to have actually have like some uh, a, a protagonist that you could uh sympathize with maybe to some degree because they're broken damaged people that are trying to overcome or overcome trauma um so like immediately you score points with me um even if it is goes into depth into some of that stuff um at least it was somebody that i could like kind of like fucking care about and root for and not want to see them like be brutally like you know dismembered um and I thought it actually, I was actually much more interested in the story of that family than I was in the horror aspects of it at times. Um, it's funny you say that because I had no interest in that shit. Yeah, I, I I thought it was actually like a fairly um fairly good telling of like you know two kids that after suffering this loss um like having problems with their mom and the mom's like reaction to them of like kind of like losing control over kids and like I. I, I thought that like established like a pretty good like family dynamic and um I just thought I think, it was way too long. Um I think that you could surgically cut a lot out of the middle of that movie. Um and then or maybe the beginning of it actually, like and then um the ending just like lost any tension um inside the amusement park because it just went on for way too long and there was like three different endings to the fucking movie, it felt like. So here's what I'll say. Like <laughs> I enjoy what you're saying about what they built with those characters in in many other kinds of horror movies. Mm -hmm. And there's been an increasingly large number of like broken family horror movies in the past like decade. Sure. Um, And if you scroll through Tubi, Netflix, Prime, whatever, you'll see like dozens of them family goes to the woods to try and rekindle their relationship after the death of a child right sure. you know the death of a mother leads to a brother and sister taking up residence you know what i mean like it's yeah, sure. always that mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. but it's okay like because when it works well it works well and these yeah. actors do a really good job of being those characters and making you sort of it like i didn't care because that's not what i'm watching this terrifier movie for you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if I want that kind of family dynamic, I'll go watch something else. Right. You know, I'll go watch um, that fucking movie with the older brother and sister taking care of their, like, dementia dad mm. um, on the prairie. Like, whatever the fuck that movie was called. Right. But, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, that's where that's appropriate. Like, Terrifier is not that. Like, ter- Terrifier should be... I don't want to say like plotless, but basically like set pieces that build to, you know, build the mystique of like Art the Clown and make it, you know, give me mythology just 
where I have to invent it myself kind of or something. I don't know. It's just, it was way too long and I lost interest like midway through. And I felt bad about that because again, I think there still are some moments in this movie. They're great. Mm-hmm. Just to me, it like falls really short of what I like so much about the original movie. And that's a disappointment to me in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not going to say I didn't like it because, you know, I think that, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Damon, whatever. Leon. Yeah, yeah Leon um, has a lot of talent. I think he's a good mm-hmm. filmmaker. I like his aesthetic to his horror movies because they're very bright. And that's almost like really jarring when you're watching such like vividly grotesque scenes to have this almost like cartoony brilliance to the, you know, the lighting and everything. Uh-huh. Um, and I like the way he writes characters. Like, I think he writes dialogue well. Um, I just felt like take 30 minutes out of that movie and give me a little more mystique and a little less exposition. And I probably liked it better than the first movie. Um but shit, man, that scene when they're at the party where, like, she takes the molly, mm-hmm. that seems like 15 minutes long and nothing is happening. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, maybe that is the middle of the movie. Like, yeah, it's like that That scene needs to be cut down and trimmed down. Um, it's, it's, it's weird because it's like I think there are certain scenes you just need to, like, really trim up and, like, tighten up. And then, and that includes the end. But it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I had any expectation going into this. Other than I knew that there was going to be a lot of brutality, like the first movie had, um, I didn't have any expectations. And it, what you're talking about in terms of like um, mythology and stuff, it doesn't bother me at all because um, I didn't have any expectation that they would or would not build mythology. And it's like, okay, that's whatever, that's fine. Yeah, um, and to me, I thought the father stuff was a little lame, like that you had to create this like weird psychic connection with the dad or whatever. And um, but. I, I don't know. Maybe that'll pay off at some point. I have no idea. Well, so we'll talk. There, there's. I'm not going to explain what happens, but if you watch this movie, and again, if you enjoy the first movie, I think you should watch this movie. I think you owe it to yourself to see it because it's worth seeing just because I think he's a really talented and worthwhile filmmaker. Mm-hmm. There's a coda to this movie um, that you and I will talk about off the air because <laughs> yeah. I want to get your opinion on uh-huh. it. But it really does set up immediately like another installment of this movie. Yes. And it sets it up and I think kind of an interesting way that maybe will pay all that stuff off, but it didn't pay off in the context of this movie to me. It just felt like, sure, now I got to believe like all this other crazy shit in addition to the fact that this is an unkillable murdering clown. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. I think there's a couple interesting directions they can go with a couple things that happen in this towards the end of this movie and um but uh yeah uh but it was just like this kind of like gross out disgusting ending to me like in some ways um yeah. it made me laugh I'll tell it you did. that yeah 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 um maybe in spite of myself but <laughs> so um on if you have Amazon Prime for 4.99 you can subscribe to one of their channels called Screenbox. Yeah, and, um, and you can get a free trial if you've never... Um, right, if you've never done it before, and yeah. so I've done it before, so I had to pay the four ninety nine. But yeah, there is a seven-day free trial, and Terrifier is free on Screenbox. Yeah. And there are some other movies on Screenbox that are really worth watching. It's a really good blend of um, classic horror and modern horror. So if you're a horror aficionado, Screenbox is worth 
even for just a month, like you'll get $5 worth of value out of subscribing to it for that one month. Um, so I would definitely recommend um, uh, subscribing to it just once even. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like there's a couple. I don't know if I have time because I got to start in on podcast stuff, but um, it looked like there was some because I like hard documentaries and stuff like that. Um, and it looked like there's a lot of cool documentaries on there. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some really good stuff on it. So yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Um, so you want to spin real quick? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and fucking pissing my pants like. Uh oh. Letting things Uh-oh. drag out too long. Hold on. I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to You're hurry for an asshole. Um, I mean, I'll just right. do what I did. I didn't even put the fucking. All right. <laughs> the category is a modern Disney remake of a classic Disney movie. Um, a Oops. modern Disney remake of a classic Disney movie is the category. I know what it's going to be already because I was looking at it the other night. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's a pretty limited selection overall. I think, right? No, um, there's a, there's a ton of shit, well, but I, I I know what I want to watch. So yeah, all right. So all right. next week, a modern Disney remake right, right. of a classic Just Disney movie. Wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>